98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The URA takes the wraps off plans for a massive redevelopment of Kowloon City. As the basic law turns 25, leading officials say it's still key to the SAR's stability and prosperity. An employer angst over plans for a large civil service wage rise continues, with a warning the SMEs will see workers quit for higher pay. The Urban Renewal Authority has unveiled plans for a massive revamp of Kowloon City. The project covers a 400,000-square-foot area around Natsin Y Road and Carpenter Road. The URA says it's planning a new government complex, two green pedestrian avenues, and double the amount of on-street parking. Its planning and design chief, Wilfred Au, says the aim is to preserve local characteristics, including the area's Thai culture. We intend to invite them, those shop operators with the local characteristics, to come back and operate in the pedestrian night street, helping to vibrantize the areas with their local characteristics. For some intangible part, such as the some Thai communities, we found they have not enough urban space to curate some of their traditional event festival. Here we increase the urban space and hope they can make use of these new event space to create their activities. Beijing's top advisor on the basic law has said Hong Kong's constitutional order may see changes after 2047, but will remain in place until then. Shen Chunyao made the comments in his keynote speech at a legal conference marking the 25th anniversary of the basic law. He said the focus should be on the correct implementation of one country, two systems, and on accurately mastering the relationship between the nation's constitution and the basic law to protect everyone's interests as well as the SAR's prosperity. Fifty years is only a symbolic expression. This would not change even after 50 years. The first 50 years is, we cannot change. Then after 50 years, that would be that we need not change as long as we believe in one country, two systems. Its life, its vitality would be fully expressed. Earlier, Chief Executive Kerry Lam opened the conference by reiterating that Hong Kong will prosper as long as it acts in accordance with the basic law. She said the SAR was facing its most significant challenges since the handover. The outgoing CE also said that the turmoil of the extradition bill protests made her realize that any deviation from the original intention of one country, two systems would lead to disastrous consequences. Facing such a huge challenge as the chief executive of the SAR, I felt ever more clear that without a country, there is no home. And I firmly believe that to base our actions on the constitution and the basic law, and to rely on the strength of the motherland, could Hong Kong be stable and prosperous. The chief executive-elect, Mr. John Lee, is to depart for Beijing tomorrow to receive his appointment as the SAR's sixth-term chief executive. He will return to Hong Kong on Tuesday. Another employer's group has expressed concern over proposals to give civil servants pay rises of up to 7%. A day after the Hong Kong General, of Chamber, General Chamber of Commerce warned that the pay deal could exacerbate a manpower shortage, the Small and Medium Enterprises Association said the agreement would see private sector staff demand higher salaries. Its honorary chairman, Danny Lau, spoke to RTHK. Staff will expect the employer to raise their, their salary uh, similar 
more or less similar to to that kind of rate, then if employers cannot satisfy the the the, the wishes, then they will leave the job and look for the higher higher pay work. Then if a huge employee turnover will be a burden for the economy to recover. Health authorities on the mainland have reported 354 new local coronavirus infections, a drop of 106 cases from the previous day. Of the 80 symptomatic cases, 45 were from Shanghai, 22 from Beijing, and there were seven from Tianjin. Shanghai also accounted for most of the asymptomatic cases. The financial hub also saw one more COVID-related death. Overseas, the president-elect of the Philippines, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., has insisted that he won't let Beijing interfere in what he called his country's economic rights in the South China Sea. Mr. Marcos cited an international court of arbitration ruling that struck out China's claim. We will use it to uh, continue to assert our territorial rights. It's not a claim. It is already our territorial right. And that is what the arbitral ruling can do to help us. The outgoing president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, had set aside the ruling in return for promises of trade and investment from China. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, says Russia's offensive in Donbass could result in the region becoming uninhabited. In his nightly televised address, Mr. Zelensky said Moscow seemed intent on reducing cities in the east of Ukraine to ashes. All this, including the deportation of our people and the mass killings of civilians, is an obvious policy of genocide pursued by Russia. Pressure on Russia is literally a matter of saving lives, and every day of delay, weakness, and proposal to appease the aggressor at the expense of the victim means more dead Ukrainians and new threats to everyone on our continent. Police in Texas are facing mounting anger at the way they dealt with the mass shooting at the elementary school on Tuesday. Questions are being asked about why it took an hour for them to engage 18-year-old Salvador Ramos after he barricaded himself inside a classroom. Chet Epperson is a retired U.S. police chief. He said the officers should have been better prepared for the situation. If the department has a policy but they never train on it, well, I wouldn't expect a good outcome. There's going to be some slips and falls. The um, mentalness of of an officer is to practice, practice, and practice. And you become better. You become more efficient when you practice on your policy. A man in the Canadian city of Toronto has been killed by the the police after he was seen carrying a rifle near an elementary school. Police say they shot the man, who was said to be in his late teens or early 20s, after he confronted them. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Five schools were put into lockdown for several hours following the incident. James Raymer is Toronto's police chief. Due to the proximity to a school... I certainly understand the trauma and how traumatic this must have been for staff, students, and parents, given the recent uh, events that have happened in the United States. We have no understanding at this point in time what was about to happen or what could have happened. So I don't want to speculate and, and suggest that it's something similar. British prosecutors have charged the U.S. actor Kevin Spacey with five counts of sexual assault against three men. Mr. Spacey has consistently denied allegations against him. This report from the BBC's Chichi Nzundo. 
62-year-old Kevin Spacey, who's denied all allegations against him, is being charged with sexual offences between 2005 and 2013 in London and Gloucestershire. The Crown Prosecution Service has authorised criminal charges against Kevin Spacey for sexual assault against three men. He's also been charged with causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent. The charges follow a review of the evidence gathered by the Metropolitan Police in its investigation. The U.S. Department of Justice said it will not bring charges against two former FBI agents who mishandled the child abuse investigation into the country's former gymnastics team doctor. Here's the BBC's Phil Mackey. Larry Nasser used his position as team doctor with U.S. gymnastics to abuse hundreds of young girls, including some of the biggest names in the sport. According to a report published last summer, he might have been arrested earlier if the initial FBI investigation hadn't made serious errors. Two agents were singled out for blame. One has since retired and the other was sacked. In a statement, the DOJ said the decision not to prosecute followed lengthy reviews, but didn't reflect a view that the original investigation had been well handled. The former U.S. President Donald Trump and two of his children, Ivanka and Donald Jr., have lost their latest attempt to avoid facing questioning at a civil inquiry into their business affairs. An appeals court judge in New York has ruled that the state attorney general, who is a Democrat, was not politically motivated in her desire to question the Trumps, nor did it agree with the Trump lawyers that they were being treated differently to others under investigation. Ray Liotta, who made his name starring in Martin Scorsese's 1990 gangster classic Goodfellas, has died. He was 67. The actor died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic where he was filming a movie. The BBC's Regan Morris looks back at Liotta's life. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. He established himself as one of Hollywood's most dependable tough guys, with roles in Copland, Killing Them Softly, and the video game Grand Theft Auto. He'd seen a resurgence in his career in recent years, starring in the prequel to The Sopranos, playing a divorce lawyer in Marriage Story, and a corrupt cop in Shades of Blue with Jennifer Lopez. Lorraine Bracco, who played Leota's wife in Goodfellas, tweeted that she was utterly shattered to hear of his death and that when asked what the best part of making Goodfellas was, she always had the same response, Ray Liotta. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,659. That's 543 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $71 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar will buy you 126.83 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and seven cents, and the pound will get you nine Hong Kong dollars and 93 cents. And sports, the Golden State Warriors are celebrating a return to the NBA Finals. It's my honor to present this trophy to the Western Conference champions. The Golden State Warriors! That was the former Warrior Sean Livingston presenting the Western Conference Champions Trophy to Golden State, who finished off the Dallas Mavericks in five games. Clay Thompson scored 32 points in their 120-110 win in Game 5. This is the Warriors' sixth trip to the NBA Finals in eight years, where they'll face either Boston or Miami. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, the New York Rangers had the edge in their series against the Carolina Hurricanes, taking Game 5 this morning 4-1. to 
They lead the series 3-2 to two and will progress if they can win Game 6 tomorrow. Meanwhile, the Edmonton Oilers have come out on top in the Battle of Alberta. They beat the Calgary Flames 5-4 in overtime in Game 5 to seal the series 4-1. The former Real Madrid coach Manuel Pellegrini says he's surprised that the Spanish club have made it to Saturday's Champions League final. The 13-time champions will be playing Liverpool, who won the competition six times. Pellegrini says he didn't expect Real to pull off these comebacks against PSG, Chelsea and Manchester City. You have a surprise because uh, football is football and that is why it's the most popular sport of the world. But uh, as I just said, football is that's why you never must be trust. But if you ask me about those three games, yes, I was a surprise that the three of them didn't beat in the Real Madrid in the way they played. Staying with the Champions League final, the Liverpool Disabled Supporters Association has described UEFA's allocation of seats for wheelchair users at the final as bordering on exclusion and discrimination. More from the BBC's Alec Capstick. The Stade de France on the northern outskirts of Paris was chosen to stage this season's Champions League final only after European football's governing body UEFA took it away from St. Petersburg following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The biggest stadium in France, which is set to host the 2024 Olympic Games, has 550 wheelchair bays, but a total of just 93 have been made available for Saturday's match, with 76 set aside for supporters of Liverpool and Real Madrid. In a statement, UEFA acknowledged the allocation is insufficient while blaming what is described as operational challenges such as poor sight lines and the relatively short preparation time. The governing body has promised to continue its work to improve accessibility at all of its matches but it's too late for wheelchair users shut out of Saturday's big showdown in Paris. The former French Open tennis champion Simona Halep revealed that she had a panic attack during her defeat to China's Zheng Qinwen in the second round at Roland Garros. The Romanian slumped in her chair at the end of the first set and required the attention of a doctor. The match finished 2-6-6-2-6-1 in favor of Zheng, who's making her French Open debut. The 19-year-old will face the home favorite, Elise Cornet, for the place in the last 16. Elsewhere, the 2020 champion and number one seed Iga Swantek breezed into the third round. She demolished the American Allison Risk uh, 6062 for her 30th consecutive match win this season. In the men's singles world, number one Daniel Medvedev and the number four seed Stefanos Tsitsipas are both safely through to the third round. In the next hour, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal will play their respective third round matches. And looking at the weather, mainly cloudy, with occasional showers and a few thunderstorms. Moderate southerly winds fresh offshore and on high ground at first. The outlook, few showers tomorrow, hot with sunny periods in the following few days. The temperature right now at the observatory is 28 degrees Celsius, with the relative humidity standing at 85%. And that's the news, sports, and weather from RTHK.
show with me Sadia Osmani good to have your company I can't believe it it's Friday again and on the show today we talk cricket women's cricket to be exact my guest in the studio after 1.30 will be Maheen Heather Maheen comes from a kick cricketing family and she was slugging the bat from the age of seven and has now participated in the domestic and premier league and the Hong Kong national team well I was bowled over by her achievements and I'm looking forward to chatting with her all about it. And after 2pm, we have a special tribute to the Bee Gees as it was on this day in history in 2004 that the Bee Gees were made Commanders of the Order of the British Empire by Prince Charles at Buckingham Palace. And then after 2.30, time to unwind and relax before the weekend as Victor Kumar gives us another one of his short meditative yoga sessions. This week, VK Vibes focuses on the act of acceptance. <laughs> 